The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Well, today we're going to be taking you behind the doors of a meeting that is going on in New York City the Clinton Global Initiative Annual Meeting. Uh, in fact, it started on Saturday, and it's uh, continuing today, Tuesday. It'll be over uh, this afternoon. And um, it is really an amazing... They are doing amazing, amazing work. Um, and the, uh, the theme of this year's meeting is the future of impact. So today we're going to be talking with two people who are at the meeting, taking you behind closed doors, um, and who are engaged in organizations um, who are part of um, the part of this global initiative. And in fact, my first guest um, won the Global Citizens Award uh, this year. Her name is Ann Goddard. She is the CEO of Child Fund. Uh, the the logo, the message, uh, the log line of Child Fund is Innovative Solutions One Child at a Time. So welcome to the show, Anne. Thank you, Dr. Carol. Very happy to be here. Um, now, I, I just briefly, if you could give us uh, an idea of what it's like to be there. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure it's amazing. I'm jealous. <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> And um, and then how your organization got involved and what your organization does. So first, okay. tell, take us there as if we were standing with you in the lobby or wherever it is that you're standing. Well, we take over the Sheraton Hotel every year. I think this is my fifth year attending. And it's an amazing gathering of people from all different walks of life. And you never know who you're going to run into as you walk down the hallway, kind of sometimes fighting your way through a crowd. You could be next to a CEO of a major corporation. This morning, the CEO of Xerox, an African-American woman, was sharing her experiences in the tech field and how it was for her to gain that role, down to um, a young girl from Africa who was part of a movement to end early child marriage. And Mm -hmm. kind of like everybody in between, uh, the Clinton Initiative is, uh, and President Clinton is an amazing convener and gatherer of people from all walks of life. And when he started the uh, Clinton Global Initiative 10 years ago, you know, there are many conferences, and I attend others throughout the year, but he decided he wanted his conference, his gathering, to really focus on making a difference. So the, the, the uh, key or the requirement to become a member and, and to join and come every year is to make a commitment. 
make a commitment to make a difference in the world. And they follow mm-hmm. up on the commitments. You have to give reports, et cetera. And actually, what the purpose of the gathering is, and they bring together such a wide diversity of people from NGO leaders like myself to, again, business leaders, sometimes people from government um, and entrepreneurs in different ways, is to kind of co-create um, by, by the synergy of so many people coming together, co-create ideas that would make a difference in the world and make a commitment to making them happen. I can tell you a little bit about the commitment we were involved in, which yes. got, us, got us to the award. I was very proud that Chalfant International got the, one of um, 20 uh, organizations who got the Humanitarian Award this year. Last year, this time, the big crisis in the world was the terrible Ebola um, um, disease that was um, running out of check and out of control in West Africa. Chalfant worked in all three countries in West Africa and still does, West um, Liberia, Guinea, and Sierra Leone. And at the conference, when it was such a key, um, it was a key issue, they were estimating by January there'd be over a million people that would have died from the disease, which really galvanized everyone into action. And a group of organizations came to, together and made a commitment to, to do something about this. And one of the challenges was getting uh, medical supplies into those three countries very quickly. Um, commercial airlines had stopped running in those countries because people were afraid of the disease that was spreading. So we worked with several organizations to form what was called an air bridge that we, we ended up working with corporate partners to get supplies. We, there was an organization that was working with airlines to get free airspace donated. And between everyone that came together, we were able, we were the first organization to get medical supplies on the ground in those countries. And it all kind of came together because of the synergy of all the different people working here. And Child Fund worked in those, works and still works in those countries. So we were able to use the medical supplies, pass some on to the Ministry of Health, but also use them in our outreach to help and protect children during this terrible crisis. Wow, that was very um, brave of, uh, of the people who went there from Child Fund. Did, did you personally go? or I, I did go. Um, uh, not right at the beginning of the crisis, um, mainly because I didn't want to put my staff at more risk by mm. trying to protect me, but also taking them away from their uh, the, the incredible amount of work they had to do for the emergency response. So I went a few months later, and I tell you this was, I've worked in many disasters in my career, and the Ebola response is by far the worst and most difficult disaster uh, that's happened in that when you have a flood or you have an earthquake or even if you have a, a political disaster and there's refugees, people are not physically at risk themselves. And in this case, especially in the beginning when it wasn't really clear how the disease was transmitted, our staff were at risk. And that's mm-hmm. why one of the initial supplies that we brought in was personal protection device uh, equipment, masks, gowns, um, everything for people to cover themselves up so they could protect themselves. Because what our staff did was um, uh, when parents died, children were shunned because people were afraid that they were exposed to disease and they would would pass it on. So children very quickly became, it was evident that children were living on the streets, very vulnerable to disease and vulnerable to a lot of other exploitation. So we opened um, centers for kids. Um, We brought kids in and kept them in for 21 days which was the incubation period, to make sure that they were not exposed to disease. We fed them, gave them health care, and also trauma counseling, because obviously, as you as a psychologist would know this, they were, they were traumatized from having lost their parents and everything that mm-hmm. happened to them. 
And during that time, some children did get sick, and if they got the... Um, they got the symptoms of the disease. They were transferred to a hospital. But many of the children, thank goodness, were not sick. But then we had to work very hard to find an extended family member to take the child back home because their parents had died. Mm. The other interesting thing about the centers was who was going to staff the centers. So we got people who had survived the disease, um, and we got them as volunteers to go work in the center because though it killed many people, there were some people that survived. And that's when I visited there. Uh, earlier this year, I got to visit some of the centers and met particularly one young mother whose husband had died. She was in the hospital. Somehow she survived. Um, she got out of the hospital. She still had a young child at home, but she volunteered to come work in our center for, the, for several months, even though she couldn't see her own child at that time because they didn't mm-hmm. want to expose, you know, she didn't want to go home. She was living at the center. And I said, what gave you the um, motivation to come work in the center? And she said, well, I just kept thinking if, you know, my child's okay at home, they're with my parents, but all these other children whose parents died and they had no one to take care of them, I would feel terrible if my child was left on the street. So she volunteered to come work in the center, and she said actually working and working with other survivors was also very therapeutic for yeah, her. Yeah, yeah. You know, and she felt that she was empowered somehow to help others. Um, and so we, sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Um, so we were very honored with receiving this uh, award, along with many other organizations, uh, for the work that our, um, our our staff, in collaboration with others, worked to protect as many children as possible. We're very proud to say that every child we were able to place in a um, extended family member's home. There was one girl; um, she was nicknamed Sweetie Sweetie. Um, she was one of the girls in our program, and actually, she ended up being on the front page of the New York Times. They came and did a story. Both her parents had died, and the nurses in the hospital uh, found her. She was trying to help her parents, but they both passed away, and the nurses brought her to our home. She was there. We couldn't find any extended family member for her. She was there for 90 days, I think, and finally, one of the nurses that had seen her in the hospital came back in it and adopted her. So oh, it was wow. a good story at the end. The sweetie, sweetie wow, got wow. home. And I just want to make sh- make sure that you have a chance to um, let people know that this is this is one of many projects that you do. Um, yes, this is the yes. one that primarily you're winning the award for. Correct. But you also Correct. set up emergency centers in other at sites of other natural or all kinds of disasters. Um, with uh, toys and mosquito nets and supplies and so on. And you also, Child Fund also um, is, and perhaps this is the original, uh, how you started, uh, to sponsor a child in these impoverished areas. Correct. Child Fund is a 77-year-old organization, and our belief is that childhood is a one-time opportunity. And we have to make that one-time opportunity the best it can be for every child. So we work long-term in communities. We work in 30 countries around the world. And we work right from prenatally to educating mothers to working very hard in the first five years that children have the nutrition and health and early childhood uh, development opportunities that they need. When children get into school, we work very hard on getting kids into school, keeping them in school, and making sure the quality of what's happening in the classroom is a good educational um, experience for them. And then as children get older, we work with youth development, leadership development, job 
pre-employment skills training. Our goal is to help kids grow up healthy, educated, and skilled, and therefore involved in their community and giving back in their community with the goal of really ending this very deep-seated poverty in a generation so the next generation will grow up um, contributing members of their community. Yes, and of course, I want to make it clear that you are dependent upon donations. Um, we certainly are. <laughs> and that that's we a lot of work. 30 countries to be doing all of this uh, kind of work takes a lot of money. It's not just about sponsoring individual children. Uh, people do sponsor individual children. Um, that's how we raise a good part of our funding. Uh-huh. And then we pool, we pool the money at the community level that the child lives in to run all the programs that I just mentioned to I benefit say, children. I Huh. So we have hundreds of thousands of supporters in the U.S. and around the world. Our average supporter gives us $500 a year. Um, it's a great amount of money, and it's a small amount of money at the same time. But it's the power of so many people contributing and that the collective contributions of so many people month after month together can make a huge difference in the life of one child and then in the life of the community. Because obviously when we're improving education, all the children in the school benefited from it. So it has a multiplier effect. You sponsor one child, but it also benefits other children in the community. And I'm so grateful for the hundreds of thousands of supporters we have in the U.S. We couldn't do the wonderful work that I know we do because I get to visit it all the time without those supporters. So they mean everything to us. Yes, absolutely. And I believe it was $28 a month, right, to support, yes, which really, you know, we spend, most people spend that much on uh, coffee and Starbucks. I know. More more than that. I know. It's less than a dollar a day. It is less than a dollar a day. But it's very powerful in the places we work in. You know, it goes a long way, particularly when you're working with um, lots of people that are contributing. Our average supporter stays with us 16 years. Wow. You know, that they're really committed to a child. If that child um, grows up and um, grows on to college, I mean, you know, finishes the program, ages out, gets mm-hmm. to be an adult, then they often mm-hmm. take on an, another child. I, I was, well, I'm in here in New York at the Clinton Gold Initiative. I met with one of our donors here in town, and she um, lived in the Philippines um, in 1982, and she sponsored a child then, and she's still sponsoring children with us. And she said, mm-hmm. you know, several children have grown up, and then she picks another child. So she's been mm-hmm, working with mm-hmm. us for years, and, and she's helped that in other ways as well. But um, people really get um, really committed to the cause of helping kids, and it just it moves me greatly because, as I said, I have the wonderful opportunity to go around and see the work that we're doing. And for so many people to believe when they don't get to see what I see, it just moves me every time I meet a supporter. Yes, yes. And I'm going to be giving out the website, and I want to congratulate you again. Um, this is Ann Goddard. She's the CEO of Child Fund. I'll give out the website of Child Fund, where you can also you can look at the children who are up for <laughs> adoption, so to speak, um, and pick one to, to support. Well, Ann, thank you so much. I know you want to go back and enjoy the meeting. There isn't much left of it. So every it's very little... left. It's a very last session, and it's always very exciting, and so many yes. people in the room, and right now they're videotaping, they're bringing in, I see it on television from a distance, and they have a bunch of kids on the screen. I think they've put a video link in with kids from around the world. It's really exciting. Uh-huh. And Chelsea Clinton, Chelsea Clinton is taking a prominent role this year, more than I would say in other, year, role in other years, and she's up there moderating the session. And she talks very eloquently about how this work means much more to her now, more so than ever. And she became a mom herself, and her daughter yeah. just turned one, Charlotte. So she's very passionate about the, uh, the work that collectively everybody who makes commitments at uh, CGI does. 
Yes, absolutely. Well, thank you again for sharing all of that and, and for doing what you do. Uh, thank you, can, Dr. Carroll. Perhaps we can speak again. Um, when that would be wonderful. Okay. That would be wonderful. Take care. All right. Thank you. And thank you all for listening. We need to take a break right now. Um, you're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. We're talking about going behind the doors of the Clinton Global Initiative that's taking place right now in uh, New York City. So stay tuned. Um, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787, Hello? and ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Today we're going behind closed doors at the Clinton Global Initiative. That's uh, the annual meeting that's taking place right now in New York City. We just spoke with Ann Goddard. She's the CEO of Child Fund, and I want to make sure I give out um, her website. It's childfund.org. Um, they do amazing, amazing work. She just won the Global Citizens Award, um, one of the ones at the, one of the 20, and I have to ask my next guest how many people there are um, at this meeting. Um, my next guest is um, from a an organization. Um, he's the interim CEO of Waka Waka. Um, I will give you more information about that when it's closer to his coming on. But in the meantime, let me tell you. Um, you know, I, I've been before the show. Of course, I've been doing research on on the Clinton Foundation and the Clinton Global Initiative. I mean, you know. <laughs> It is a site for sore eyes for whenever you're feeling um, cynical, you know, that the world is going to pot, and I don't mean the marijuana kind, um, but, you know, that, that all these horrible things are going on in the, in the world, which they are, but it is so refreshing to see that um, there is this initiative that is affecting millions of people all over the world, um, and bring it, doing good things for them, um, you know. You, I mean, this is sort of the the um, counterbalance or the opposite uh, of ISIS. 
you know, and their hate and their uh, primitive behavior, destroying our civilization, literally destroying museums and and um, ancient um, relics that they find in the ground, and so on. I mean, not not to mention destroying people. Um, and um, the, I, you know, I I don't think. I don't think enough people realize, I mean, of course, you hear about, you read about, you even see on television, here on the radio, like today, um, something about the Clinton Foundation, but unless you really look into it, I mean, I think that um, former President Bill Clinton is doing at least as much good uh, for the world in with his foundation as he did as president. Um, and and now, of course, Chelsea Clinton becoming uh, more and more involved with it, as you just heard um, it, it really, you know, you, you kind of wonder when all of this, I mean, there's obviously so much more that needs to be done. Um, that's the problem that, you know, this is, there are so many people living in poverty, living in, in, um, really difficult kinds of situations and, and who need so much help that, um, even though, you know, this is reaching millions of people, um, I mean, so much more needs to be done, which means there needs to be more donations and more, not just donations, but people getting involved with this work. Um, the, Clinton, the Clinton Foundation describes itself as, we believe that the best way to unlock human potential is through the power of creative collaboration. That's why we build partnerships between businesses, NGOs, governments, and individuals everywhere to work faster, better, and leaner to find solutions that last and to transform lives and communities from what they are today to what they can be tomorrow. And um, some of the meetings that are going on uh, are just amazing. There are, well, actually what's interesting is that there are a lot of breakout sessions, um, a lot of sessions where people have the opportunity, as my previous guest was describing, to make these connections. Um, You know, it's not all just sitting there listening to someone give a lecture. So, for example, though, there are um, the, the, some of the topics that are being covered um, by having their own session uh, are gender-based violence, the future of impact, which is, the, which is actually the theme for this year, uh, impact, and I'll talk to my next guest about that, um, unleashing women's economic opportunities, investing in prevention and resilient health systems, Clinton Global Citizens Award, that was, you know, what my last guest just won, one of them, Climate Change and Resiliency, Redefining Business as Usual, The Future of Equality and Opportunity, that's the final closing session. Um, so, you know, just to give you an idea of uh, the the kinds of things that are that are um, just that's that's like the tip of the iceberg, though, because there are all of these individual organizations that um, attend who are working on their own individual commitments um, and initiatives. So the guiding principles of the Clinton Foundation and the Global Initiative are: we're all in this together. Nothing truly happens unless a life is changed. No one has all the answers, but we can bring together the people who can find them. Um, Results you can measure are the only results that matter. Empowerment is liberating and life-changing. There is always a way to be faster, leaner, and better. And finally, the greatest good is helping people live their best life story. I love that, their best life story. It's true. There are a lot of sad life stories um, 
going on. But um, but with each of these different ways that various people uh, contribute to um, to this global initiative, to um, making an impact, a positive impact on the world, we are, they are, <laughs> uh, changing lives for the better. Um, you know, uh, as I was saying, it really, um, it really does. It really, you, when uh, not, the, I don't, <laughs> I don't encourage people to go to websites when when you're listening to the show. But after the show is over, um, I would I would recommend that you go to these websites that I mentioned. Um, so that you can find out more about the Global Initiative, the Clinton Foundation. Um, for example, uh, they work with not, it's not only with foreign countries, but more than 29,000 American schools are providing kids with healthy food choices. That's part of what the foundation uh, did. Um, it's an effort to eradicate childhood obesity. Then also another example of... Um, Foundation, the foundation's success. More than 85,000 farmers in Malawi, Rwanda, and Tanzania are benefiting from climate smart agronomic training, higher yields, and increased market access. That's a big mouthful. More than 33,500 tons of greenhouse gas emissions are being reduced annually across the United States. So it's not, I know some of the, um, sometimes the criticism of some of these kinds of organizations are why are you you know why are you just taking care of people in other countries when the United States is so much in need um, also over 350,000 people have been impacted through market opportunities in Latin America the Caribbean and South Asia then there's the Clinton Health Access Initiative and 9.9 million people in more than 70 countries have access to um, negotiated pri- prices for HIV/AIDS medication, um, and on and on. Um, the, mem- members of the, cl- the members of the Clinton members of the Clinton Global Initiative community have made more than 3,200 commitments to action. We're going to talk more about that with my next guest. What that means and what that is, and um, which have improved the lives of over 430 million people in more than 180 countries. You know, you'd think that that's the whole world, but there is still so much more that needs to be done. So, um, but certainly it's a good start. And yes, Clinton started this in 2005, so it's been um, going on for 10 years. Uh, each year it's grown. And, um, you know, I think... Um, as my last guest was saying, I think that now that Chelsea Clinton has her own child, um, she is committed more than ever because it's more meaningful when you see, you know, when you compare, for example, the uh, future that her child has access to and will probably have, you know, that all the opportunities that her child has and that she had, for that matter, um, and that her father had, you know, he um, grew up in poverty in the United States. Um, and compare that to what's happening around the globe. Of course, it's very, uh, very poignant and very meaningful, and and um, something to devote your whole life to. 
so um, the, the also the Clinton Foundation is proud that they don't take any of their own money. It goes to their work. Uh, I mean, former President Clinton and Chelsea Clinton don't take aren't paid for their work for the foundation. Um, they devote all of it to all of the different projects that um, are being done through the Global Initiative and through the foundation. Um, my next guest, um, who should be here any minute, um, is the CEO of uh, Waka Waka. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. We'll, we'll find out in a minute. Um, it is a company that um, makes, um, it's a global company that um, makes solar lamps. And their commitment for the Clinton Initiative was to empower one million people who are presently or were presently, were then, without electricity. Well, it was by 2016, but they have exceeded their goal. So we'll find out exactly how many people they have um, given solar power to who were without electricity. They have provided over 215,000 Waka Waka lights and power. And um, they have decreased reliance, the dependency, on kerosene lamps who, that are not only costly but toxic. Uh, you know, this is just to give you an example or examples of the variety of organizations that are involved with the Clinton Global Initiative. Why don't we take a break now before my next guest, um, and um, we will come back and talk about Waka Waka and talk more about what's going on behind the doors of the Clinton Global Initiative. Um, you're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, so stay tuned. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking with you today about the Clinton Global Initiative, the annual meeting in New York City, in fact, taking you behind the doors 
with uh, my guests who are, um, I, I guess, are you called members um, of the initiative? Is that the right terminology? That's exactly the right terminology. Okay. Um, my guest now is Camille uh, Van Gestel. Perfect. I, okay. <laughs> Who is the founder of Waka Waka, that I did also amazingly pronounce correctly. Um, and Camille, before we get into your company and, and um, your commitment and so on, um, could you take us to, you know, I'd like sort of um, to get a feel for what it has been like to be at the annual meeting. It's, uh, it's truly an amazing experience. Uh, the Clinton Global Initiative is basically a community of members, as you rightfully said, of people who just basically want to do good in the world. So uh, it connects uh, world leaders, uh, governments, uh, NGOs, and also uh, corporates um, to really uh, bring together social change uh, and really try to solve the world's greatest problems. And I believe that through uh, the Clinton Global Initiative, um, problems can be tackled that even governments can't do, um, because it, 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 uh, it, it brings together really the parties that can really make that difference and move things forward. It's yes. an amazing experience and an amazing community. I'm uh, very proud to be a member here. Now, what year is, how many years have you been coming? Uh, we've been coming to uh, CGI, uh, which is the abbreviation, uh, since 2011. Uh, and back in the days, uh, we were not a member yet, um, but we had a chance to speak to President Clinton and explain to him what it is that we do. Uh, and through one of our friends and partners, uh, who is a member uh, at CGI, we were able to make a commitment back in 2011 already um, about something that we do. Uh, with Waka Waka, we make uh, solar-powered phone chargers and lights, the most efficient uh, in the world, actually. Uh, but back in 2011, we only had a, a prototype in our hand, basically. And we dared to show that to President Clinton. And um, what was interesting is when he, when he heard about that, he said it's really something for Haiti. And where I come from in the Netherlands, uh, Haiti is pronounced quite differently. So we needed to figure out in that conversation that he actually huh. meant the island of Haiti. Uh-huh. Um, but that five-minute conversation had let, has led to us doing a crowdfunding campaign through Kickstarter, uh, mm-hmm. where through a buy one give one model, where we were able to donate 12,000 of our solar lamps to Haiti, now powering about 60,000 people in the disaster struck area still in Haiti. Um, and in that same year, 2011, we made a commitment uh, to the Clinton Global Initiative, which is typically what uh, organizations do to show their, their best intentions but also uh, to show that they're serious about this because the organization tracks and traces that impact. And uh, you really need to deliver on those because otherwise they won't like you maybe as much. Um, And um, we made a commitment to provide light to a million people before the end of 2016. And uh, mind you, we had nothing. We had no funding, no product, nothing yet. But we figured we, we need to set this goal if we really want to take ourselves serious by providing light to a billion people before the end of 2030, because that's the number of people that are currently not connected to the electricity grid. Mm-hmm. And actually, this, uh, this annual meeting, we, uh, we were able to close out on that, uh, on that commitment. So we passed that goal uh, a year earlier than anticipated a few weeks ago. Uh, wow. And uh, we're extremely happy that we're able to report back on that. Uh, that's what you do. So you, you, know, you reach your goal, you report on that, and then people get to know about that. Uh, so you can actually accelerate what it is that you're doing because you lived up to your promise. 
And huh. basically, that's that's how it works. Well, now, um, yes, and my my previous guest was also also mentioned that about how in order to attend, you have to make a commitment, but. Um, but I mean, is it sort of the cart? I'm a little confused. Is, is it if you don't? But but at the same time, you're also looking for people to collaborate with to help you make that commitment or help you follow through with that commitment. So how do you? I mean, do do most people come with just the idea like you had the first year, and then um, like their plan, what they want to do, and then try to collaborate um, or? Or do you have, like, how much do you have to have done before you actually come to the meeting? Um, well, it depends. So uh, certain members will make multiple commitments uh, and are very effective in meeting those. And other members will basically uh, first, like you said, uh, also make connections first, uh, engage, and uh, do that for a year, maybe two years, uh, before they feel comfortable enough about making a commitment. Because it's, it's not to be taken lightly uh, if you make a commitment in this community, uh, because mm-hmm. basically you're making a commitment to the world yes. through this network. Um, so, yeah, not everybody does this in their first year, let alone before they're officially a member. We only became a member uh, two years ago which was halfway through our commitment through a third-party uh-huh. member, actually. So this, it's not a precondition, um, but it really does help um, uh, catalyze the conversations that you have in this, in this world, um, because then it makes it very easy for people to say, okay, you have this commitment with the CGI, uh, what is it that you need? Uh, people would literally ask, and it makes it really easy to engage, and it makes the conversations more focused and effective, actually. And I think that's one of the major takeaways from making these commitments. And over the past 10 years, uh, more than 3,200 commitments uh, have been made to improve the lives of uh, over 430 million people in over 180 countries. And that has been done through this community. And uh, it's amazing work what has, been, uh, what has been accomplished. Yes, it really is amazing. And I was saying... Um uh, before that, uh, you know, if anybody who, I mean, it's so easy to be cynical, myself included, so easy to be cynical in this world when you, with ISIS and the economy and all the different problems that there are, and then um, you hear about something like this going on that is really making such a, a wave of, and has been making such a wave of positive change. It really, uh, it's really quite, um, Important to for more people to hear about that. So I'm glad that all my listeners are getting getting the inside scoop. Um, yeah. What what now? No, I, if I can just ahead. comment on that sure, because sure. it's very important what you just said because there's there's so much um, bad stuff going on in the world and uh, it make it, it can you make you know feel d- depressed of everything that's happening yeah. and uh, how we're we ever going to solve this? But I feel that, um, as particularly President Clinton, who I'm looking at at the screen right now, is making his closing remarks of, uh, of, the, of the annual meeting. Uh, he himself has a very positive attitude, and that reflects, I think, on everybody here to basically uh, tap into that positive energy. Uh, so if you're engaged with people here, uh, no matter if it's the CEO of Unilever or Procter Gamble or Coca-Cola, or if it's a president from a, from a country or a minister, they would talk to you, and they would listen to you. Uh, what is it that you can do for the problems that we are facing? And uh, what is it that you need? There's an incredible, um, uh, what's the word? Um, sense Reciprocity? Of, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. It, it, it really a sense of uh, wanting to make a difference in the world in a positive uh-huh. way. 
and I haven't seen that in many places. But uh, here, it's uh, it's very very uh, um, it's very very much around. And uh, yeah, it's 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 an amazing atmosphere to be around. And I wish for your listeners to have a chance one day to to get a feel for for what is happening here. And there are, there are real problems that are being dealt with with real solutions, and people are delivering on these promises, these commitments. They are making these impacts, and they're making this change. Thank you. And thank you all for listening. We need to take a break right now. Um, you're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Uh- Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. Um, today we're talking, of, we're actually taking you behind the doors, behind closed doors of the Clinton Global Initiative, the annual meeting in New York City. Talking to right now with Camille von Gestel. Um, he is the founder of Waka Waka, which we could have used a few minutes ago <laughs> to, uh, to not have a technological glitch. Um, you were starting to say, where, where uh, and that's a, actually a good question, where do, ha, have you been providing these um, solar-powered lamps? Yeah, thank you, Dr. Carroll. Sorry for being out of here for a minute, but... Um... We've been uh, we've been sending uh, solar powered phone charges to about 41 countries uh, around the world uh, in different areas. Um, and what we see, we were talking about uh, education a minute ago. And mm-hmm. what we see is that what people don't realize is that there, the 1.2 billion people who have no access to electricity, they they rely on kerosene lamps and candles in the evening. And maybe you can try to imagine what that's like if if you're in utter darkness with just a candle on the table. How are children going to do their homework at night? It's extremely difficult. It's expensive. So they only get to do this for half an hour or an hour maybe. Uh, and based on a research that we've done and the World Bank has done as well, we see that there is a tremendous impact uh, on educational results when uh, children can switch from kerosene lamps or candles to solar-powered lights. Um, we've seen pass rates from students jump from a mere 50% to 100% in just two years' time. 
So one of the dreams that we have uh, with Waka Waka is what if an entire generation of students, uh, let's say the continent of Africa, if they could just finish their homework, what would that mean to the continent? Because um, many people know that the, the key to escaping extreme poverty is education. Uh, so you were talking about video games uh, earlier on. I mean, uh, they won't get to the stage of, you know, violent video games yet, but they first need to be able to finish their homework, and they're eager to do that. And uh, I'm very proud that we, we have a solution to enable that. Yes, absolutely. Now, how much of your time do you spend in Africa, or where, where, where actually does this job take you? Um, it takes me to, to many places in the world. Um, for example, Waka Waka's have been distributed also in disaster-struck areas in Nepal, for example, after the earthquake uh, and after the, uh, the typhoon Haiyan in the Philippines. Uh, when, when those disasters happen, uh, light and power and, and connectivity, basically, is the first thing that, that goes. Um, and for that, mobile power and uh, renewable energy solutions uh, need to get in there as, as soon as possible, and uh, that is uh, part of the work that we have been doing. Um, just to give you an example, in Syria, there are more than half a million Syrian refugees which are currently uh, using Waka Waka, and it's the most valued uh, non-food item among uh, Syrian refugees. Mm-hmm. But to answer your question as, as to the travels, um, I've had the opportunity also to spend time also in off-grid areas, that's in this case uh, Rwanda, spending time with... Uh, with a family who actually lives on the countryside uh, in the middle of nowhere. And you actually, when you see uh, how they have to live their life in the evening after the sun, after the sun sets, uh, it's, it's hard to imagine when the only light is a little kerosene lamp. Uh, it's, it's, it's hard to imagine until you actually experience that. And yeah, that has yeah. been very valuable and life-changing. Yeah, so anyone who's been in a blackout, <laughs> or, uh, or I'm in California, so anyone who's been in an earthquake here and has had that experience of darkness. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I totally understand. I'm, I'm from the Netherlands, so uh, we haven't, uh, no pun intended, but um, in the Netherlands we have an electricity grid that uh, when there's power outages, it's measured in minutes. Uh, whereas in the United States, actually, the grid is uh, unfortunately not as reliable, it's, it's not, mm. and it takes up to 20% longer to get the grid back up. Mm. Uh, there's mm. half, a, half a million people in the United States that suffer from blackouts uh, every single day. Wow. Well, we need you here then. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad to be here. <laughs> well, now, I just, you know, when I was looking up to get background on your company, um, I came across this song Waka Waka by Shakira. Is that any, did, did, do you have any connection, it was, is that any connection to your organization? Uh, in a certain way, um, uh, Shakira has been an inspiration for, for the name Waka Waka. Uh, we were in South Africa during the World Cup uh, doing a, uh, a project to green the entire World Cup soccer with LED lamps. That was before there was a Waka Waka. Uh, and uh, Shakira opened the uh, World Cup soccer with her song, uh, This Time for Africa. And, uh, of course, the payoff was Waka Waka. Yeah. Uh, but what she may not have known is that Waka Waka means uh, shine bright in Swahili. And so we figured that would be a very appropriate name for this high-efficient light that we were creating. And yeah. one thing that I'm hoping is that maybe one day uh, Shakira may, may uh, do another cover song of her, uh, of her own song, This Light for Africa. Wouldn't that be great? 
Yes, yes. <laughs> or, or in some way be able to use that song in, as part of your fundraising, I think, would work. That would be great as well. Yeah, totally. Now, the um, theme for this year's initiative, uh, the meeting, was the future of impact. Can you sort of explain that a little bit, the future of impact? I mean, you know, certainly yeah. everybody there wants to make an impact, but what does that mean, the future of impact? Um, well, I think um, with, with all the good intentions and commitments that are happening, and there, it's always possible to do things better and more efficient. And I, I think as the community progresses, um, also the Clinton Global Initiative and all its members, they also learn um, how to be more effective and how to be more efficient. And uh, one of the things that I've been hearing a lot uh, in all the different presentations and sessions that we have here to share uh, information and to share experiences is to create the right data also. Um, instead of going out and just try and make impact and start doing stuff and doing things, it's very important to understand what is needed and how do you measure impact and how do you make that impact uh, more efficient. And uh -huh. maybe just to, just to illustrate that maybe with, uh, with an example from our own uh -huh. words, um, if you go to the waka-waka.com website, there's an, there's an impact map. Uh, maybe you've seen this with all these little yellow circles uh, on, a, mm -hmm. on a world map. If you zoom in, you would zoom in on a, on a village level, you can actually see where our lights uh, have been distributed. And it's illustrated with pictures, with testimonials, with the statistics also as to how many dollars are being saved on, uh, on the kerosene expenses, how many mm -hmm. hours of light have been created, uh, how many carbon emissions have been saved as a result of the impact that we're making. And I think it's this kind of data tracking um, that is very important to be more efficient and more effective uh, in the future. So that is one of the topics that uh, is being discussed here by different members, and they share experiences about that, just as an I illustration. See. I see, because in other words, not to just go out there and, and uh, do good in the world, and isn't that nice, but to quantify it so you can, um, so you can get more people to donate because they actually can see um, what is being done, and, and it just seems more solid. No, absolutely. Absolutely. It's important to know, and I think it's also important to know to donors, whether they are governments or individuals, people want to know how their dollars are spent, uh, that they are spent. And yeah. people would like to know what the impact of that has been. And there have been many stories also about billions of dollars that were pledged for Haiti, uh, and part of which uh, never arrived. And it's, mm. it's those stories that are they're, it's, it's killing, basically, for, uh, for new disaster relief response, for example. Um, if it's not transparent to how these, uh, how these, you know, how these, these funds are being allocated and what has been done with it. I think yeah. that's very important to give feedback to the people who are uh, helping to make this impact and who are helping to make these, uh, these changes possible. Yes, yes. Now, first, um, before we run out of time, I want to give your website. Now, I found it at, at us.waka, W-A-K-A-Waka, W-A-K-A.com. Is that uh, the best way yes. to... Okay. I mean, actually, yeah, you just you, Google Waka you, you Waka, and it's not the song, and then you find... Waka yeah, Say it again, I'm sorry. If you, just, if you just do waka-waka.com, you'd get there. Okay, okay. Um, just in the couple of seconds, minutes that we have left, minutes, I guess, um, just tell us what the most inspirational moment 
for you was at the conference? Um, that's a good question. Um, Did you give any talks? Yes, uh, actually, I got to present. Uh, I got to present today, uh, only only an hour ago, on oh, the yeah. commitment that we've closed uh, on the million lights that we have been able to distribute around the world. Uh, and of course, we're we're humbled, but also excited that we're that we've been able to share that with the community. And that comes with also with a, a photo opportunity with with the president. And oh wow! <laughs> it's, an, it's an it's an inspiring uh, it's an inspiring man, and uh, he's personally been responsible for us picking Haiti as one of our as one of our impact projects. Hmm. So it was really great to be able to share that with him. And, yeah, uh, well, that's. that's- you must be so proud to say that you exceeded your commitment. Okay, so then the, that begs the question, what's your next commitment? Um, we are working on this right now. Uh, I'd love to be able to tell you once we are set and ready for that, but uh, to give you a clue, uh, disaster response is something that is up on the agenda uh, with uh, 60 million refugees around the world right now. It's, the, it's more than ever in history. Um, and we want to make sure that when natural disasters strike, that there is a product available right away to restore communications uh, to make sure that people know where help is needed uh, and that people can stay in touch with each other. And that well, is something that we're currently working on and finding the right partners to do that with, uh, with you know, creating the inventory around the world so we, so we can respond also within 24 hours. Well, that sounds like a great plan. Well, Camille Von Gestel, founder of Waka Waka, um, congratulations. I'm really impressed with all this, and you've been certainly inspired me uh, to make a commitment, and I, um, I'm sure you've inspired some of my listeners as well. So thank you very much for sharing all that, and I wish you all the best for your next commitment. Uh, and thank you for being an agent of light, Dr. Carroll. Thank you very much. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network its staff and manager.